part of last week's first part in the series. And I've been teaching a, a whole series on family, God's design. And I want to just, uh, good to see y'all. I just recognize you, Esther and Estelle. Good to see y'all. Uh, thank you for coming. But I hope, I hope everyone survived past last week, last week's teaching. Some of y'all, are y'all still here? If you weren't here last week, raise your hand if you weren't here last week. Bunch of heathens. I don't know. Where were y'all at? <laughs> but, but I just wanted to say, after last week's sermon, I wasn't sure if you would all make it back for part B today. But I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad if you're, if this is the first part, you gotta get last week's part. And listen, let me just tell everybody. From the beginning, I started this series back in February on the family, God's design, because I just felt like this was the year we needed to teach this because we got a lot of families that are struggling. They're struggling with their kids. Their kids are disobedient. There's all kind of problems. There's problems in marriages. And so I felt like this is what God wants us to teach this year. So we need this. And let me tell you something. If you think everything's perfect, you're wrong. Amen. You need help. We all need help. Don't think you know it all. You just When you think you know it all, we just know where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. We all need help. So I quickly want to refresh our memory on last week's message and bring those who missed last week up to date on, on why we're on part B on this point. And our title of the message today is The Role of the Wife, Family God's Design. This is the series, Family God's Design. But this is part 9B. Okay, so let's read, let's start off, and let's read Colossians 3.18 from the Passion Translation. It says this, it says, Let every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband, for this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. Now, put that, that, that family photo, that picture of this family up. Here we have. We have a, we have a blended family here. This is a this is a picture of the church of God. I want to tell you something. God in God's eyes there's no color. And it should be the same with us. We, listen, let me tell you this. And if you were here in the past uh, months ago we we showed that film or I don't know if y'all saw that film we had on the one blood one race. We're all one blood, we're all one race. Uh we're all colored tan. I'm not white. Okay, this this paper is white. This is white. All right, I'm not white. I'm a shade of tan. Some of y'all are darker shades of tan. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> I would embarrass myself like that. <laughs> but but listen, let me tell you something. We're there ain't nobody white. We're all shades of tan. Different shades. Amen? So, the color, it doesn't matter to God. It doesn't matter to me. And it shouldn't matter to anybody. You know, let me tell you who the racists in this nation are. The people who see color. That's the racist ones. Amen? Uh, I thought, Baby Lee, we went to school together. Me and Baby Lee back there. And I told, I told, I don't know if I was talking to him or I was talking to Edward Davis the other day and somebody, and I said, you know, all this 
all this racism people and the problems that people are having with racism. I said, we never had any of that problem in school when I was in school. They integrated when I was in the sixth grade. We integrated here in Luling. It had a Rosenwald. It was a school for the blacks and, and Luling. We, 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 they came over to our school when I was in the sixth grade. We were glad. We were glad that we all came together. And we had new friends. Jackie Dorn's a friend of mine. She's been a friend from since we were since they came over, and, and uh, we've been friends forever. We don't. I never. We never had no racism problems in our school at all. Do you remember anything, Beverly? No, we didn't. We got along because we didn't see color. We saw a new friend. Amen. Anyway, that's a picture of a beautiful family right there. Amen. Okay. The absolute truth is that God desires for every family to love and honor each other as they love and honor Him. We made some very important statements last week that we need to review and, uh, and read again, and I'm going to go over those real quick, and he's got them posted. I had Michael type. I had two pages of notes for him to type up for the overhead today. So if you weren't here last week, you might want to write some of these down. Uh, the statements that we took last week, and you can get them again. But here's one of them that said, we said this, The wife who willingly submits to her husband's leadership glorifies God. Okay? There's a lot to that statement. So you might be a wife in here, and you're reading that for the first time, and you might be getting a little blood pressure rise right now because of that word submits. But there's more to that word submit than just being a doormat. I'm not, I'm not talking about that at all. And we did explain a lot of that last week. We're going to even go into it a little more this week. But remember, I said this too. Also, here's another statement. God has one expectation for wives. Does anybody remember what that one expectation is? Respect your husband by submitting to his leadership. Oh, the blood pressure just shot up a little bit more. And did we read this statement? How you look at your husband will determine how you live with your husband. Oh, my gosh. Let me get my purse and get out of here now. <laughs> and all the husbands in here right now are feeling pretty good about all this, right? Keep going, preacher. But then, remember, husbands, that we also read this statement. Your wife is a finely tuned meticulously calibrated, divinely created instrument that needs to be handled with care. This is all great care. Great care. <laughs> Somebody, great care. That's right. Wow. Why did I say that? But now, husbands, listen, you, it, it works both ways. She submits, but you've got to treat her like this, too. There's a lot to it. There's a whole lot to it. So get the teaching from last week. And we're going to go over some more this week of, of what the, we talked about a little bit last week too as well. Husbands, you must always remember this. That your wife must be handled with great care. She must be handled with great care. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is, is known as the love chapter in the Bible. And I usually read this often at weddings. Most of the time I'll, I'll read parts of it. But I wanted, I read it over this uh, yesterday and I said, you know, I'm going to put that in the sermon today. I want to put that in my teaching today because 
and I read the message version of it, and it goes like this, and I want to read it to you, but I want you to really pay attention. Don't be distracted by anything. I want us to really get this, because it really spoke to me. I felt like the Holy Spirit saying, you need to put this in here today. People need to hear it like this. It says, and, and the reason is, uh, I, I want you to prosper and grow in your love walk. How many think you have arrived in your love walk? You're, you're already there. Huh? No, no, none of us. None of us have. So, my desire as a pastor is to help you and see that you prosper and grow in your love walk. How many know Jesus? A lot of people like Jesus. They don't like Christians. Christians are mean. A lot of Christians are mean today. But everybody likes Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus. And why? Why do you think that is? Because Jesus walked in love. Christians today... No, I'm not going to say every. I'm not going to put everybody in that category. But a lot of Christians today walk in judgment. And they're mean. And they're mean-spirited. And, and I'm going to tell you something. They don't please God at all the way they act. And that's why people don't like Christians because Christians, a lot of Christians have been mean all their lives. And, and, and judge people and it's not their job to judge. Amen? Okay, listen. Because I strongly believe in the power of God's Word and the power of God's love uh, that when we allow it to transform us, it'll do it. And when we allow it, we'll begin to walk in that love too. Verse 1 starts like this. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's Word with power, revealing all His mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. And verse 3 through 8 goes on and says this, and I'm, I'm skipping some of that, so it goes down to say, so no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Are y'all listening to this? Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, however. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back, but keeps going to the end. But keeps going to the end. Everybody say, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Love never dies. I think we should read this chapter every day. I think you should read it the first thing when you get up in the morning. You should read the love chapter. And then you should pray and ask God to help me to walk in that today. And everywhere I go and everybody I talk to, help me to walk in that love. You ought to memorize it. You know what Kim did? She put it right on the wall behind my toilet. Y'all know. Y'all see that, don't you? So I read it every day if I'm home. And I memorized it. 
I get it. Y'all get it? Some, some of y'all get it. God is love. We're called, every one of us, to be love. The, big, the biggest point of my message in this, in this last couple of teachings here is love. People, you've got to have love. And it's got to be an agape love. For those of you who may not know what an agape love is, an agape love is an unconditional love. It's like, it's like a dog. It's like a dog. No matter when you leave and when you come back, that dog jumps all over you, wags its tail, is so happy to see you all the time, no matter what. You, you didn't feed him. He don't care. He's glad to see you all the time. That's an unconditional. This is just an example. I'm not saying you should be a dog. But, but um, you all get what I'm saying. That dog loves no matter how it's treated. It loves. And it wags its tail. And it, and it loves its owner. Love, listen, love abides in those who follow Christ. It must. It must. You'll get my point today. Nothing we do will ever succeed without love. Nothing, nothing. We just read all that. If you, if you don't have love in whatever you're doing in life, you're not going to succeed. It's not going to work. Love never dies. Love never quits. All right, let's move on. You got that point. It's very important. Love is very important. Love should always be our default. When you get in a heated argument with your spouse or with one of your kids, you need to come back to love. Always come back. You can push that button and delete that mess and come back to love. Every time. Come back to love and say, what am I doing? What am I saying? What's coming out of me? Because the Holy Spirit will remind you. He does me all the time. That's not who you are, Alan. I don't, I, that's not what should come out of your mouth, Alan. He reminds me of that. Not in a condemning way, but in a loving way. Because He knows. He created me. He filled me. He taught me. He's leading me. He's guiding me every day. Remember, last week we said there are only two things a wife must do in glorifying God by respecting their husband and submitting to his leadership. And I talked about number one last week. And so today we're going to get into number two. Number one was wives are to enable their husband's leadership. Enable their husband's leadership. And we also said that that uh, statement under there, but we'll get to that. Remember we said that it is not a cultural issue. It's not a cultural issue that a woman is to... Uh, submit to her husband and enable her husband. It's not about culture. No matter where you live, this is true for marriage. It's about it's a spiritual issue, and you you need to remind yourself of that, husbands and wives. Remind yourself of that. It's a spiritual issue, wives. Do you believe your husband ought to love you the way God wants him to love you? Amen. Absolutely. So if you believe that, you can't say you don't have to submit to your husband then. You can't say that. See, God ordained a family, and everyone in that family has a role to play. Everyone. The wife, the husband, the kids, the dogs. Everybody has a role to play. I don't have no dogs in my house. I babysit every now and then a dog. It's a good little dog. 
Except when it poops on the floor. Then it's not good. <laughs> Everybody in the family has a responsibility to fulfill. And the Bible says when you fulfill that role, husband, wife, and children, and you meet that responsibility and it begins to come together, God says now you're beginning to look like that picture on the wall. A family that reflects my love, God says, for my glory. It's for His glory. It's for God's glory. Amen. And then we said that last week. The husbands love wives. See, see what, let, me t- let me explain something to you. Let me explain this. The, the thing that the husband is supposed to be the leadership in is the love. Let me, let me get something straight with y'all. See, I wore my pink shirt today. But pink's got nothing to do with love. But the husbands, the first thing, the husband is leadership in, in that home is love. Because without love, ain't nothing going to work down below. Nothing. Y'all get that? Love. Husbands love. Wives respect. Parents train the kids. Parents, parents, both parents, both parents. Don't you just leave it up to one and let them be the goat all the time. And the kids always, they know how to manipulate you. If you just go to one, they know how to manipulate and get what they want. They'll avoid that one and go to the other one all the time. Parents train together and children obey. Children obey. Is there any children in the house? Obey. Obey. This is how God designed the family to live, to function, to glorify Him. Amen. It's in the Bible. It's clear. All through the teachings, that's what they did. And that's how it works. And wives, remember I made this statement last week. I'm not asking you to submit to your husband because that's what he wants. I'm asking you to submit to your husband because that's what God wants. Amen. Remember, no man can make his wife follow him. No man can make his wife follow him. Wives, You've got to enable your husband's leadership by voluntarily being willing because that's what God wants. He wants you to follow your husband's leadership. That leads us to number two, which we didn't get to last week, which is uh, two things in, in the two things a wife must do in glorifying God in their marriage by respecting their husbands and submitting to his leadership. Wives, number two, are to encourage their husband's leadership. Not only enable his leadership. Wives, you've got to encourage your husband's leadership. Man, they really, blood pressure getting up again. (laughs) Encourage it. What do you mean by that? I mean encourage him. Give him confidence. Help him. Help him. Help him. Wives are to encourage their husband's leadership. And that's why the Apostle Paul added the second part to Colossians 3.18. He says this, which says, as is fitting in the Lord. As is fitting in the Lord. The word fitting means what's right and what's proper. What God says in this is, ladies, if you want to maximize your relationship with your husband, 
If you want to make your husband as happy as he can be, and in the long run, you want to be as happy as you can be, and if you want to have the kind of peace and harmony in your family as that picture we were looking at of that perfect family, then here's the key question you better ask yourself every time you face a situation with your husband. The key question is this. What is the respectful thing to do in any situation? Okay? Sure, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Oh, you're writing. Okay. What is the respectful thing to do? That's the question. The key question. When you're facing a conflict with your husband, the question you have to ask is, what is the respectful thing to do? Now, you can be respectful and give him your opinion. Notice I said you can be respectful and give him your opinion. You can be respectful and disagree. But you've got to ask, what is the respectful thing to do? Because I want you to notice something. Paul doesn't tell the wife, you submit to your husband because he's the husband. He doesn't say you submit to your husband because he's the boss. He doesn't say you submit to your husband because he's the man and you're the woman. He doesn't say any of that. He says you submit to your husband because that's what God wants. It's what God wants. And God is a, we sang this morning, a good, good father. I'm not, I'm not trying to get Kim to do anything by preaching this sermon. She's there. She's already there. She's walking in that. Amen. We have a beautiful marriage. We've been married 45 years. And I'll tell you, it's like we, don't, we, have, we have our disagreements and, and arguments every now and then. We do. But we don't, we don't ever leave out that element that I was talking about, love. It always comes up. Because oh, let me tell you something quick. The Holy Spirit in us is who reminds us of who, we're, who we are and what we're saying right now. He, uh, you, if you have that relationship with Him, and He's there all the time, and He is, and He's hearing everything all the time, and He knows what's going on, He begins to start inputting into your brain, don't you dare say that. Don't you say that. You've got to hear His voice. And you will. You will. Amen? That's what God wants. That's what God wants. Let me tell you what, the, what that means, ladies. It means you follow your husband's leadership even when you don't see eye to eye. You follow his leadership even when you don't think the situation is going to turn out like he thinks it should. You're going to follow his leadership even when you're convinced that your way is better than his way. You're going to follow his leadership even when he's made mistakes in the past. And let me tell you why. Your respect for your husband is not based upon his personality. It's not based on his performance. It's not, it's based, it's based on his position. He's your husband. Did you, did you hear all that? Do I need to repeat all that? There's a saying in the military. You salute the uniform, not the person in the uniform. 
It's the position. It's like, it's like today, and it's more, it's like the way they talk about the president of this United States. It's, it's, it's not the man. It's the position. You respect that office. And you don't talk about him like they're talking on talk, late night talk TV and all this stuff. This, this, this is wrong how they're treated our president. It's wrong. I don't care if he deserves it or not. It's wrong. Here's an example. If you're single, listen to this real good because a lot of you people need to hear this. If you're single and you're dating and your boyfriend wants to eat at a certain restaurant and you want to eat at a different one, he says, I want to eat at this restaurant. And you say, enjoy your meal and you go to the other restaurant. Because <laughs> he's just your boyfriend. Hello? You don't have to submit to him in that. He's your boyfriend. He has no position at that point that demands you ought to submit to him. In other words, before you say, I do, you can at any time say, I won't. But when you say, I do, something changes. When you get into covenant, and it's all about covenant. People, marriage is all about covenant. And the reason God blesses marriage is because of covenant. You need to understand that. People today don't understand covenant. But when covenant comes, covenant blessings come along with it. When you say, I do, something changes. You know what changes? The position. The position. I used to be a quarterback in high school. That's a long time ago. My, I could still throw. I threw a rock the other day in the, in the tank, and my shoulder still hurts. Man, I didn't know I couldn't throw like that anymore. I just thought, you know, whoa, oh. But, but here's what I would do. And uh, anybody that played football knows, and you girls know this too, when the quarterback runs back for a pass, to throw a pass, he's not going to throw it where the receiver is. He's going to throw it where he's going to be. Your husband may not be where he's supposed to be. But his position, he's a receiver. His position is going to be there when you throw it. When you, hey, you hear what I'm saying? He may not be there yet. But his position puts him there. You, you, you treat him like that. You respect him. And you respect the position he may not be there now. And you, you, may, you may both know it. But he's, he's no longer just the date. You need to understand that. He's no longer just the boyfriend. He's now your God-given husband. We see submission in everyday life. Citizens submit to law enforcement officers because of their position. Not because of who they are, but their position. Employees submit to their employers because of their position. Children obey their parents because of their position. You don't have to have a reason. Parents, when you tell your kids, and they say, why? You say, no reason. I said, no. You don't have to have reasons. Just because of who you are. You're the parent. Amen. Now, Wives should respect their husbands because of their position. Blood pressure. 
Now, I know there are wives out there who would say, this is the 21st century. I can't believe God wants me to submit to this moron that I'm married to. But let me say this. A wife that will not submit to her husband's leadership will have some big time problems. You probably already know it. You probably already know it. If you're not. Not just with God or with your husband, but you're going to have problems. You're going to have big trouble with your children. Oh, no. It's 12 o'clock. Don't we need to go? Not, not yet. Let me tell you why. If you teach your children by example, by, to rebel against God-given authority, then you know what they're going to, you know what they're going to do? They're going to rebel against God-given authority. See, God knows what He's doing. God's not done. He got this all figured out. When the husband loves the wife the way he ought to love the wife, and even though he is over her in authority, do you know what he's teaching his children? He's teaching them how to handle people and how to relate to people who will someday perhaps be under them. And when the wife respects the husband and follows his leadership, she's teaching the children how to be respectful and respond and relate to people who will someday be persons perhaps who are over them. And parents, both husbands and wives, you will never teach your kids more important lessons than these two lessons, how to be under and how to be over. How to be under authority and how to be the authoritarian. And listen, you can never teach them how to be over until you first teach them how to be under. It's good stuff. Preacher, preaching good today. So when you respect your husband and you follow his leadership, you're doing what's not just best for you and what's best for your husband. You're doing what is best for your whole family. The whole family. It it works both ways too. That's why it's so important, wives, for you to encourage your husband's leadership. Kim, she affirms me. I need her affirmation. I need her. Way to go. Way to go. I need that from her. Husbands need that. Don't you husbands? Hey, hey, come on. We need that. Affirm him every chance you get. I can't do without my wife's affirmation. I can't. I love it when she does that. Man, it makes me feel so good. makes me feel good. A husband needs to know that his wife is behind him 100%. I need to repeat that, don't I? A husband needs to know that his wife is behind him 100%. Guys, I mean, wives, you have greater influence over your husbands than you know. You do. I'm not, I'm not referring to manipulation. I'm talking about influence. You can influence your husband a lot. You need to encourage him. Encourage your husband's leadership. Guys, don't like to admit this, but the truth is men are really not as macho as we uh, try to make everyone think we are. If she doesn't believe in the macho man, the macho just flew out the window. That's right. The cold hard truth is this, guys, and you guys, you know I'm telling the truth. Ladies, you can make him or you can break him. It's just that simple. So I just want to give you wives some practical suggestions of some things you can do to encourage your husband and his leadership in your life. 
And uh, here they are. Real quick. Number one, tell your husband all he means to you as a husband. Take an opportunity either verbally or write him a note to tell him all he means to you as a husband. Me and Kim, we just, we, we write each, we give each other sticky notes all the time. We do that. I put them on her makeup mirror. She's got to go to that makeup mirror every day. And she flips it open and there it is. I love you, Allie. Number two, brag on him. Brag on him around his buddies. When you get a chance, he'll probably faint, but do it anyway. Tell him, tell your, tell his buddies what a great husband he is. He'll go. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Number three, make it a point, and this is huge. Make it a point to always be supportive of his decisions in front of the children. Be supportive of his decisions in front of the children. Do that. Always do that. Number four, go out of your way to do something that he normally wouldn't expect you to do, like cooking his favorite meal. Oh, what's that story? Zig Ziglar's? Yeah, and Kim does this for me. I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to tell my story. When she cooks me a meal, she hates spinach. But she knows I love Del Monte canned spinach. I love it. I grew up thinking I was Popeye. And I needed that spinach. And I love spinach. And I always wanted spinach. But she hates it. But she cooks it for me. And when she does, I know she loves me. She does things for me that she doesn't do for herself. She knows it's just for me because she loves me. Do things like that for your husband. Uh, Number five. When's the last time you got all the kids together (laughs) in the room with your husband and then said to your kids, do you realize what a great dad we have? Do you realize how hard he works to provide for us and take care of us? Do that for your husband. I read this the other day and somebody said this. You showed me a man who comes home greeted by a smile, encouraged to take off his shoes, to sit on a pillow arranged on the floor, served a delicious meal, and I'll show you a man who lives in a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> Let me close with this. Ladies, you don't have to turn your home into a Japanese restaurant. And you don't have to wait on your husband hand and foot. I'm not talking about that. That's nice and all, but ladies, if you'll just respect your husband by submitting to his leadership as God would have you to do, you'll be happier, he'll be happier, your children will be happier, your home will be happier, your home will be blessed, and you'll find that your family can be that picture perfect family on the wall. Amen. Amen. I want to, I want to take real quick and we're going to pray and then we'll dismiss. Let's pray for all the wives here today. Amen? Father God, I thank You that today Your Word is powerful and Your Word is righteous. I thank You that every wife in here will submit to their own husband's authority and leadership in their family. I thank You that the husbands love their wives as Christ loves the church. Thank You, Father, that the wives will enable their husband's leadership and encourage them as well. In Jesus' name, love never dies, never fails. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Is that good?
Amen. It's going to be a good. It's going to be a good thing. Don't don't call me this week. No. It's all, it's all right. It's all right. It's going to be all right. Don't forget the love part. Go home and read. Y'all could go home together and read the love chapter. And go over and read that stuff. Amen. Read different translations of it and get it all down. You need to get that love walk thing down because Christians are just stinking mean without it. you got to have love. Amen.